0: And What's up, you dumb bitches? Why oh, okay. are you listening to this podcast?
1: Good question. Welcome right. back. Okay, to uh, can you not move the table? Please? Fourth
0: episode of okay. this podcast.
1: The fourth? Uh, you're a little late. No. Anyways, it's the twenty sixth. Right, last week was conspiracy. I Is have that right? no idea.
0: Oh, okay. I don't do any of that stuff. Okay, that's all you.
1: Um, all right. So I got Pamela Hupp. That's cool. Coming at you.
0: Okay.
1: All right. What about you?
0: Susan Shoemakey.
1: Shoemakey. Never heard of it.
0: Well, these okay. are hometown murders, so. Oh,
1: oh, oh, oh! I didn't know if you meant like hometown where we're from, or hometown like where we live now.
0: Is that my hometown? No.
1: Uh, no, I guess not. All right. Anyways. Okay. Uh, I don't know who went first. So. You
0: did the guy on the beach.
1: Okay. Oh, that's, I said, did I do it first? Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Go. I don't really care, though. I don't care either. I literally
0: could not give. How's,
1: how's long, how long is yours? (laughs) 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 A bug just Uh. flew into my nose. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Are you? How long is yours? Um moderate. Oh, okay.
0: Maybe two pages. Oh, okay. Of um eleven point font.
1: Oh, okay. Well, that's single space. That's pretty that's pretty long. Alright.
0: Whatever. I don't give a shit. Okay. Just tell me. Ultra rock paper scissor. Go on
1: shoot. Alright, so I got Pamela Hupp. Um Wow. So she
0: <laughs> First I <laughs> wait up hours for you to finish this Sorry, and then I was you just step to, on my feet I was,
1: trying to, I was trying to work on your bookshelf
0: don't use that as an excuse <laughs>
1: uh so busy day busy weekend so pamela Hupp, uh this week was actually sentenced uh coincidentally she was sentenced for Good. the uh murder of lewis gumpenberger um she was sentenced to life so um, it all started, though, was um, because I need
0: you to tell me a story. What? I need you to tell me a story.
1: We're going to get into it.:
0: Yeah, but don't just tell me. Tell me a story.: A story? Yeah.
1: Okay. So the story is um, that so like back in 2011, so she was working um, she was working at State Farm. Now you're throwing me off here. Are you Uh, in good hands? (laughs) So, okay, hold on. We're going to get into story time, I promise. This is, she was, she's serving a life sentence because the um, murder of Russ, or I'm sorry, Betsy Faria, her husband, was accused of murdering her. And we'll get into the reason why later. Why this all relates back to Pamela Hub.
0: So Betsy Ross, the no, Betsy, Betsy creator Faria. of the American flag, no. was murdered.
1: Betsy, Betsy Faria. Was murdered. Yeah. And her they thought it was her husband. Russ. Yes. Kay. In 2011. And the dates are very important in everything here. So, the murder of Betsy Faria was actually never quite solved, but we have a really good idea of who it was. Um, Then, the investigation was reopened again in June 2019, so Hmm. just recently. Um, But it was reopened before, too, and we'll we'll get into that, too. Um, And then, she was also... So, another thing that was reopened was the murder of her mother shirley uh newman okay now here's story time so pamela grew up in delwood missouri which is actually in north county it's kind of near ferguson i've never heard of it but i guess it's a little city
0: does it exist yeah Still? no it does
1: yeah mm. um uh, so she had several jobs when um, in the life insur- insurance industry and was actually fired twice for forging signatures, which uh, all kind of relates to what's gonna happen here. Um, so in two thousand or sorry, uh, two thousand ten, Hupp actually stopped working and was claiming disability benefits for back, leg, and neck pain, which is all probably bullshit.
0: Americans because a sh- lot of Americans
1: do yeah I know she's a lying bee. okay so American. Betsy Faria Faria uh, was born nineteen sixty nine two thousand eleven okay she was a co-worker of Pam Hupp at state Farm and she lived in Troy Missouri her husband uh, and she lived in Troy Missouri with her husband Ross. I think it's Faria. Faria? Korea I don't know. Yeah. Okay, anyways. And their two daughters. Uh, in 2011, Betsy was diagnosed with breast cancer. Mm-hmm. And then October 11th, or 2000, sorry, October 2011, she learned that cancer was, um, it was going to her liver also, like spreading to her liver, and that it was terminal. So this is October. October, yeah, 2011.
0: So, so what's so her face is like? Oh. Ho, ho.
1: Well, yeah. So December 22nd, 2011, without so uh, what's her name? Um, Patsy. No, Betsy. Betsy. Betsy, without her family even knowing, actually changed her life insurance policy over to Pamela Hub, um, which was for 150 thousand dollars through State Farm, which makes sense because they were working there. But she...
0: hmm, Okay. What? She just changed her life insurance.
1: Without her husband knowing. Beneficiary. Yep. Hmm. Weird, right? Did she? uh, Yeah, we don't know if it was... I don't know. I mean, she was
0: fired twice for forgery.
1: Yeah, I know. That's why it's really fishy. So that was December twenty second, two thousand eleven. Hupp claimed that um, Betsy had asked to give the money to the daughter, or give the money to Pamela, who would hold it in a trust fund for for Betsy's daughters when they got older. Lies. So Betsy's daughters um, actually um, started a legal challenge against Hupp. And her husband to claim the life insurance poly- policy in 2014 but was dismissed in 2016.
0: yeah why wouldn't the husband just take care of it for the daughters because Their i think father the, yeah
1: oh you don't know why we'll get to that all right so prosecutors <laughs> speculated that her husband had been angered at the actions and led him to murdering his wife Russ remained in the, as the beneficiary on a separate $100,000 policy. December 27th, 2011, so there's just a few days after, Betsy started chemo at the Alvin J. Siteman Cancer Center and then visited her mother's house. She then uh, was driven home by Pamela Hupp after visiting her mother, mother's house and was the last confirmed person to see Betsy alive. Betsy had actually been scheduled to uh, be driven home by another friend, but then Hup actually um, showed up at Betsy's mom's what? house and insisted on driving her home at 7 p.m. So this is 7 p.m. Russ was at his friend Mike Corbin's house at the time. So there was a. Uh, so this was all on like I saw this when it happened a few years ago but uh russ was like or uh yeah he would hang out at his friend's house they would hang out like every once in a while him and a couple friends and they would just like i think it was like watch movies because they would just it was just like hanging out it was just friends that like to hang out every once in a while because they don't get to hang out you know a lot Mm -hmm. so they would all get together and just kind of hang out for a while so this just happened to be one of those nights which Pamela probably knew that because she was friends with Betsy. So um, nine, and it was, it was uh, Russ and three of his other friends, three or four, three, three or four, four. Um, 9.40 that night, Russ called 911 and reported that his wife had committed suicide. Betsy was stabbed 55 times and her arms almost entirely severed and the murder weapon, murder weapon, a serrated kitchen knife, lodged in her neck.
0: Yeah, that sounds like suicide to me.
1: Yeah. First responders arrived at 9.49 p.m. and determined that she had been dead for at least an hour and, or likely longer. First responders were also thinking that Russ's accusations about suicide were ludicrous, and they also found a pair of bloody slippers in his closet, his Mm -hmm. slippers. His volatile emotional state was also suspicious by police. He also failed a polygraph test administered by police. When interviewed, Pamela Hupp said that, Uh, Russ had a violent temper and was a heavy drinker, and he also threatened Betsy that he was, she was considering leaving him. Um, he would, or sorry, I worded that wrong. He threatened Betsy and that she had considered leaving him. Uh, when interviewed, Pamela Hupp said that Russ had a, oh, I'm sorry. I already said that. Are you paying attention?
0: Did he say that he had threatened her, and then she said she was gonna leave him? Ye- yeah. I knew it.
1: Are you even paying attention to yes, what I'm saying? Yes, I'm listening. I don't Because so. I'm
0: not staring into your eyeballs. No,
1: you. You're playing with your hair. You d- I. W- okay. Anyways. Okay. Police. I- um.
0: Sorry, it's called multitasking.
1: Yeah, police investigated Betsy's laptop and found a document in which Betsy Faria, uh, re- pr- reportedly expressed fears. That her husband would murder her. What? This plays a huge role in this. Because it's fake? So later it was revealed that the document was written. That
0: was just a guess.
1: Later the document was written in Word 97. No oh God. Which is old as shit. Um, and that software was not installed on her laptop. Hmm. So she didn't have that version of Word on her laptop. So when you edit a document in the file, there's an author, and that that's set in Word. Mm-hmm. This one was the only document on Betsy's laptop that said author unknown. So all the other ones, all the other ones would say Betsy's name, that like Word documents that were created, except for this one that said author unknown.
0: Sounds fishy. Yeah,
1: so. They believe that she put a, would you stop? They put a USB. Um, flash drive? Yeah, flash drive. Mm-hmm. And then transferred the file over to make it look like it was hers. Um, January 4th, 2012, the day after Betsy's funeral. It Russell's was the
0: bug. Oh my God.
1: <laughs> Ew.
0: <laughs> That's what was in my nose.
1: It was the bug? Yes. It, it was just, still in there?
0: It just fell out of my nose. Ew. Onto the right. table. I was like, oh, man, yeah. that little crusty just fell out. And I looked down, and it was a fucking bug.
1: Oh. Ew. What the hell? All right. January 4th, 2012, the day after Betsy's funeral, Russ was charged with first-degree murder and armed criminal action and was held in Lincoln County Jail with a bond of 250000 until his trial beginning on November 8th, 2013.
0: That was like... A year and a
1: half. No. Well, I mean, a year... And he was no. on... January 2012, the day after Betsy's funeral, Russ was charged with first-degree murder and armed criminal action. Oh, He's He I, I was heard. held on bond until his trial beginning on November 18th,
0: 2013. Oh. I heard November
1: 2018.
0: No. 2013.
1: Got you. There was proof that Russ was hanging out with his four friends... Oh, four friends and ha- as his alibi and purchases he had actually made i forget what it was i think it was like he stopped at the gas station at like on the way home
0: what did he get he got he got a coke and some beef jerky
1: <laughs> i had i don't remember but I, I think it was like he stopped at a gas station on the way home and that like the timeline would not meet with the murder so like he wouldn't have had time to do it yeah And if he did, it would have been like, you know, like the time would have been just, I guess, very, very, very close. Like everything would have to align just like perfectly.
0: Which is possible.
1: Yeah, but I don't know. There's a lot of fishy things going on here. Um, The prosecuting attorney said that his four friends were actually lying and they were providing a false alibi and had colluded to uh, him to carry out the murder. That's a bunch of BS. Hmm. Yeah, I know. That's just like... Why I don't would, think they wanted to do their job. Why Yeah.
0: random dudes be like, Hey, you know what you should do? Kill your wife.
1: Yeah, and provide uh, or give a false alibi. I'll give a false alibi. Yeah. Under oath. Doubtful. One of them would break.
0: Oh really? Yeah.
1: The Unless big Five eyes. and big little. Yeah. Oh, how do you know I was gonna <laughs> say that? Yeah. Um, the trial judge Chris Menemeyer refused to allow Schwartz to present video evidence implicating Hupp was an alter- as an alternative suspect. And this would include cell phone records showing that Hub had been in the vicinity, vicinity of their home for up to 30 minutes after she had claimed to drop her off. They just wouldn't accept it. They had proof, but they wouldn't accept it. Hmm. Yeah, it, it, just crazy. Um, and that Hub is the sole beneficiary uh, on the life insurance policy shortly before the murder, just a few days before that. Uh, November 21st, 2013, Russ was convicted on both counts of his murder, of murder on his wife. Hmm. Yeah. December 22nd, 2013, he was sentenced to life plus 30 years imprisonment and sent to the Jefferson City Correctional Center. Even though, uh, Russ's four friends had been claimed to have been complicit in the murder, no charges were brought against them. So... Hmm. They say that he, they, you know, they colluded him into the into murdering his but wife. But yet they didn't. Yeah, but they didn't. Like, there's so much fucked up with this whole thing.
0: Hmm. What, like nightmare that must have been for like the husband. Yeah. Imagine I know. getting sentenced to life in prison for something you didn't do.
1: Yep, and his um, like he has to serve or he. He started to and then um his wife was going through cancer at that time too like she went through that and then he, she was murdered and then now he's got to serve trial for or serve you know yeah time for a murder he didn't commit um so then there was a retrial on february 2014 so the St. Our very own St. Louis Dispatch published uh, an expose revealing that the $150,000 that was received by Hub had been uh, had been kept instead of keeping it in a trust for her daughters, or mm-hmm. for Betsy's daughters. Yeah, I mean, like I, it was originally planned.
0: foreseen that. Yeah.
1: So Hupp now made contradicting statements to police claiming that she had not entered the house after driving her home. So she contradicts herself in every way after this. And
0: caught up in her lies. Yep.
1: So she starts making all these crazy statements. If you look at, um, like, interviews or read interviews on her shortly after this, she made so many contradicting statements to her previous ones that, like, yeah it's and because because it was years apart she mm. like didn't remember yeah so she it was it then when this happened when this all happened oh yeah
0: What? Mm-hmm.
1: uh when this ha- uh later we'll talk about lewis or uh the guy he, she murdered um that she's serving time for when that when that came up and then she started making all these stupid statements they started realizing wow like we messed up (laughs) yeah um for
0: anyone that's wondering she looks like the definition of can i please speak with your manager
1: well, uh, are, are you looking at the pictures of when she tried to commit suicide? with uh, Her neck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll talk about that later.
0: <laughs> She's got like maxi pads on
1: her. <laughs> yeah. I remember our local radio station, the, uh, they have the Rizzuto show in the morning mm-hmm. when she committed the murder of Lewis. That's what Rizzuto said. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, he said it looks like she has pads on the, on her neck. Um, so the uh, so the expose also revealed that prosecuting attorney Leah Askey had been in a relationship with Mike Lang, the then captain of the investigation for Lincoln County Police, and one of the investigating officers in Betsy in the Betsy murder case, uh, who has testified against Russ in his trial. So there was like people. you not get it?
0: It's just so disturbing. Oh, okay. Because she's so ordinary looking.
1: Oh, okay. Sorry. Are, are you, okay. Anyways. Yeah. I'm looking Two members of the jury in Russ's trial approached the media to flag concerns that this information had been withheld. Schwartz appealed the verdict in 2015, in February 2015. Uh, the Missouri Court of Appeals sent the case back over to uh the 45th circuit court for a hearing on a retrial june 2015 judge Stephen omer granted a motion by schwartz for a new bench trial based on new evidence that had emerged russ was released on bond pending the trial so now he's released because they're like oh yeah i don't think it was him during the retrial, Schwartz uh, was allowed to introduce evidence implicating Hupp as the perpetrator. CSI agent Amy Bootner, um, who had examined the bloodied slippers that I told you about earlier. She said that they didn't appear to look like they had actually stepped in blood, rather they were it was smeared on them. Oh. They were Planted. staged. Yeah. yeah. During the trial, Hupp was not called to testify in the trial and claimed that her and Betsy were in a sexual relationship. Ew. <laughs> yeah, but she, she's just making up all this, like, BS as she goes. Like, that's the thing. Yeah. Like, it was I don't think it was going on. Yeah. Hupp also said that she remembered seeing Russ and another man in a parked car in a side street outside the home as she drove— Um, Betsy home November 7th 2015 uh, Russ's conviction was overturned On July 2016 Russ lodged a civil rights lawsuit against Leah Askey and three officers of the Lincoln County Sheriff's Office on the basis that they had fabricated evidence ignored exonerating evidence and failed to investigate other obvious suspe- the other obvious suspect, which I think he has every right to because he had to, he was in there for years. Yeah. Like, for all this BS that they just neglected to look like they just pushed aside. Um, January 2017th, Judge Chris uh, Menemeyer was suspended by the Supreme Court of Missouri. Hmm? August 2018, Men- Menemeyer and Leah. Cheney were voted out of office with the handling of the murder case and subsequent trial cited as a major contributor. So, karma. Karma's a bitch. The decision to not investigate Pam Hupp for the murder has been widely criticized. So, yeah. That was just a little added fact.
0: Yeah, I would say so. Uh,
1: June 2019, following Hupp's case of the murder, uh, the Lewis Lincoln County prosecuting attorney, Mike Wood, announced that he is reopening the investigation on Betsy. Okay, so this is her mother. Um, This doesn't really have to do with the other two, but it just plays a role because it's very suspicious. Uh, Pam's mother was living in a senior living community in Fenton, Missouri. Uh, from dementia and arthritis, Shirley, um, which was her mother, spent the night at uh, Hupp's on October 29, 2013. October 30th at 5 p.m., Hupp dropped her off at the apartment at the Senior Living Center, and she had s- instructed staff to not expect her for dinner and that, or that, uh, for the evening or breakfast the next morning. Yeah, which is weird. The housekeeper then found uh, Shirley dead beneath the balcony of her home at 2.30 p.m. on October 31st, 2013. So a day later, the balcony railing was actually broken. Investigators determined she died from blunt blunt trauma to the chest after an accidental, I'd say that in quotes, accidental fall. An autopsy would report or would show <laughs> I just messed up. Yeah, would show that she had point eight four micrograms of the sedative Zalpidem? Zolpidem. Do you know what that is? Zalpidum. So, sedative? It's yeah, some kind of sedative in her blood. <laughs> I know. Uh, She had over eight times the expected concentration for someone who, having taken a normal dose. So,
0: So she was probably so like out of it and confused. Yeah. And then her daughter just pushes her over her balcony.
1: Yep. And then broke the balcony to make it look like. She fell. Yeah.
0: What an evil, evil bitch.
1: Yeah, I know. November 2013... Lincoln County Police received an anonymous note suggesting that Hup Hup had murdered her to receive life insurance. Hup was the last to see her mother alive, so like, so the weird thing is, is that like, so uh, um, coincidentally, we have customers, um, we have a customer who is uh, they manage like senior living homes, and they have security cameras in there. Yeah, they have
0: to for, like, liability. Yeah,
1: well, that's 2013. That's not that long ago. Like, there is is that stuff there. Yeah, technology. Yeah, so, like, why... I didn't see anything about this, and even... So, this whole thing was on Dateline uh, many years ago, too. Yeah. Well, the whole Dateline thing actually loops back to, to this story, too. So, but I don't... Um yeah. I don't know why they haven't presented that anyways or why it doesn't play a role in this. Um So she actually only received $120,000 of investments which I mean that's a lot of money but for the job she had to do that's not really that <laughs> that much like you know
0: the job you mean like murdering killing her, her mom. mom yeah oh well when you are a psychopath yeah it doesn't matter
1: well that's true um earlier that year Hup was videotaped uh videotaped saying my mom my mom's worth half a million that when I that I get when she dies if I really wanted the money, there was an easier way than trying to combat somebody that's physically stronger than me.
0: Physically stronger than you? Yeah, I don't... She was a brittle old yeah, woman yeah. with arthritis.
1: Yeah. So, um, police reopened the investigation, but housekeeper said that Newman was un unste- Or her mom. Was unsteady so that they concluded the death as uh, Accidental which I think is another just like lazy. Yeah, lazy, just pushing it off. Um, 2016, after the murder of Lewis, um, which we'll get to here in a minute, um, St. Louis County Police again reopened their investigation. Detective Levy attempted to get a subpoena for the location of Hupp's cell phone at the time of her mother's death, but was unsuccessful, which I don't... I don't get how he couldn't get that, but um, Levy also attempted to organize forensic tests on the balcony railing at the Missouri University of Science and Technology. So RALA, Missouri. Um, But the Lakeview Park Independent Senior Living Community refused to provide a railing for testing. This is why I think so. Because I think they don't, if there was one that was failing, then it's going to be some huge like insurance thing yeah yeah so they just backed out of it altogether. Hmm. even though i that which i think is man
0: if they were confident that their balconies were safe enough for elderly to like lean on them or you know even fall on them and be okay then they would have no problem testing it right that yeah Kind of shows how
1: shady everything is.
0: Maybe uh, lower quality that place is.
1: Right. So, yeah, it's a bunch of bullshit. Bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. (laughs) Uh, November 2017, the chief medical examiner of St. Louis County uh, changed the death from accidental to undetermined. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. So now what we've been building up to. Louis Gumpenberger. Uh, he was born in 1983, uh, died in two th- 2016, um, and he was actually a resident of our very own St. Charles, Missouri. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he suffered severe mental and physical impairments from a car crash in 2005. Oh. So that that plays a huge role in this. Uh, August sixteenth, 2016, uh, Lewis died from being shot five times by Hupp in her home in O'Fallon, Missouri. And like I said, this happened like miles from my parents' house, which is (laughs) just crazy to me. Oh
0: my god, did they hear the gunshot?
1: uh, I don't think so. Um, Hupp called 911 shortly after claiming um, that Lewis was uh, armed with a knife he jumped out of his car, driven by another person, so then they drove off, into her driveway and harassed her while she sat in her, car, in her car in her garage and demanded that she give drive them to the bank to retrieve Russ's money, prompting her to flee into her house and then shoot Lewis in self-defense with a handgun she kept on her nightstand. What an elaborate story. It's simple, yeah. If of- you're gonna lie, yeah. O'Fallon police believe that she lured Lewis into her home, presenting herself as a producer for television program Dateline NBC to reenact the N911 call. Mm. So, this is what, so this, like, so sh- like I said, she was on Dateline uh, a while back, and she was on Dateline for the whole Betsy murder, um. So she had, uh, there was, so, like, I can skip it, I guess, or I can talk about it. So there was reported, um, like, police reports uh, in St. Charles County or O'Fallon just, like, a few days before this happened where people said that there was a woman driving her same car and described as her um, saying, hey, will you come? And film this dateline episode with me to reenact the nine one one call, yeah, okay. so that's that's why they believe that she did that with Lewis, and Lewis was an easy target because he was mentally impaired from his car, uh, accident. car accident, so he either fell for it or he and he like didn't know um yeah, that poor Lewis. dude, what's that Lewis. yeah which is real shitty. Um, that That's why they believe that she did that that way. Um, she So then she planted, after she shot him, she planted a knife into his pocket after shooting him, stating that she needs to kidnap. Okay, so th- this is horrible English. This is what it quotes, though. Kidnap Hup, get Russ's money from Hup at her bank, and kill Hup. Take Hup back to her house and get rid of her. Make it look like Russ's wife. Make sure knife sticking out of neck. So this is this is the note that was found.
0: It was like a to-do list.
1: Yeah, pretty much. F- it, this was found in Lewis's pocket um, with the knife. Um, cell phone records show that Hup was in Lewis's neighborhood less than an hour before the shooting um, contradicting her statement that she'd never met him before so she said that she never met this guy and he broke into her house and everything but her cell phone records show that she was just driving around in his neighborhood shortly before that mm. so Lion little biatch okay august 10th 2016, St. Charles County Police filed a report stating that a woman watching Hupp's description had approached a uh, O'Fallon resident, oh, so this is what I was talking about, Carl, Carol Alford posing as a Dateline Embassy producer and offering her $1,000 to reenact the 911 call. Are you bored?
0: No, I'm just getting tired.
1: Yeah, I'm tired too. I'm um am exercising
0: to so th- there wake was myself
1: up. There was a security camera footage um, also that showed a woman in question, which was Pamela, driving Hupp's car. Um, And there was another, there was a second witness, Brent Brent Charlton. And then, so so they also found the $1,000, or it was actually 900, so it was $900 bills in Lewis's pocket so this was the the thousand from the the note that um what's his name? Russ was apparently giving Lewis to murder Pamela. So they found nine hundred one dollar bills in Lewis's pocket. Jesus. What?
0: Nine hundred one dollar bills.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. Nine 100. nine one hundred dollar bills. I said that
0: wrong. <laughs> I was yeah, like, yeah. that would be the oh, size yeah. of yeah. a softball. Yeah. No, in no, no, his no, no. Yeah
1: nine $100 bills in Lewis's pocket in one of the $100 bills so out of the thousand one was missing and it was on Pam's dresser having a sequential serial number as the ones in her pocket. Mm,
0: So she just went to the bank, got them out
1: and planted them. Yes. She planted that all, all in Lewis's pocket. The note, the knife, the money. And she didn't (laughs) <laughs> Put that all the money in there. Um, She's like, I'll just so, keep a hundred dollars. So police it. investigators determined that the knife found on Lewis, uh, Lewis was purchased at the Dollar Tree in O'Fallon, Missouri, alongside several other items found in.
0: Oh my God! Netflix. The one in front of Hobby Lobby.
1: Yep. Ooh. Yeah, that one. I was wondering if you would get it. Yep. It was that one. Because <laughs> sh- her house is right up the street from that. <gasps> Yeah. What? Or her old house. Yeah. It's probably not hers anymore. Yeah. The bitch is yeah. gone. But, yeah, hers is... You know where the Chipotle is? Yeah. So, like, we w- when we were going... Uh, Chipotle's on your left. Okay. Uh, Her neighborhood was over there to the right. So, instead right of
0: turning left way. to go to Chipotle and Starbucks, you turn right. Yeah.
1: And you and go and down Starbucks. there just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Crazy, right? Yeah. So, um...
0: There are monsters everywhere.
1: Yeah, no kidding. There's one sitting on our floor right now.
0: He is an angel. (laughs) You leave my dog alone. Uh,
1: All right. uh, So then um, a carpet. uh, There was also a carpet swatch found by police appeared to have been positioned to protect a rug in Hupp's home from Lewis's blood. So she planted all this, like, she knew she was gonna do this in her room. Yeah.
0: Right? Yeah. And she was like, "Oh, I don't want to get blood on this rug. Yeah. I just got." Yeah.
1: Yep. August twenty third, Pam was arrested and charged with first degree murder and armed criminal act, criminal action. She tried visiting the bathroom. Oh, so this is what I was talking about. Whenever she tried to commit suicide. So she tried. She said she needed to go to the bathroom, and she committed suicide or tried to, and she stabbed herself with a pen.
0: <laughs> if only bless yeah, you, she would have got the jugular
1: Fuck <laughs> Oh, I don't want that excuse made me, me All right, so tense up. Yeah, um she uh yeah, she tried to kill herself with a pen. What an and enemy. then they covered it covered her up with uh two maxi pads. <laughs>
0: two over, not just maxi pads, these are like the overnight maxi pads. Girls know what I'm talking about, Where they're like literally a foot long <laughs> and they have like ginormous wings. <laughs> this is what is on either side of her neck.
1: Yeah, they're huge. Um, And then, like, this week, like I said, she was sentenced to life imprisonment, um, and she is serving her sentence at the uh, Women's Easter Reception. I think it's actually Esther. I think I spelled that wrong. Uh, Diagnostic and Correctional Center in Vandalia, Missouri, which is a little north it's like a little south of Kirksville.
0: What a dumb hoe.
1: Yeah. My glasses You look are like hurting.
0: a K-pop star right now. Uh,
1: my glasses are hurting. my. Your hair is
0: parted down the middle. And it's like doing the 90s thing.
1: because uh, I threw a hat on.
0: Yeah. I think um I need to get my charger for my computer.
1: Oh, do you? Yeah. Where's it at? Over there. Oh, okay. Well, you get it.
0: We're going to take a quick break.
1: Okay. And we're back. Okay. Are you sure? Yeah.
0: you positive? Yes. Okay. Um, so, I did the death of Susan Shumaki, and this um, takes place, took place in Carbondale. So, I'm not from Carbondale, but...
1: That's not your hometown, then.
0: Shut up. I say, oh, I'm from Creel Springs. Population... 600 and people <laughs> are like I've never heard of it. Well, of course you haven't heard of it because people ride their horses everywhere. Then I go Marion, Illinois and people go mm, I don't it sounds familiar and I go um like 30 minutes east of Carbondale and they're like, "Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, Carbondale." But Carbondale's still t- small. I mean, yeah, but okay. It's known for the university. And that's <laughs> that's it. <laughs> um, they have a really cool um, park there. Like this boy died, and his parents like made this park in dedication to him. Hmm. It's called um, I think it's called Castle Park, but it is so cool. Huh. It's like medieval themed, and there's like wizards and dragons and.
1: Huh. Never heard of it. It's really,
0: really neat. Um,
1: we used to go out that way. To I only know it because there was a couple dirt bike tracks out there. we that way. Yeah. DuCoin.
0: Where I'm from. <laughs> yeah. It's like right next to it. Yeah. Um, okay. Okay. So. <sighs> CP. On August 17th, 1982, 21-year-old Susan... Boyle? Uh, well Not Susan Boyle. Um, she's like this really sweet, cute-looking female, like 5'1", dark hair, really cute. Um, she attended Southern Illinois University Carbondale. Mm. Um, she left for a meeting at Wright Hall, where the school's radio station was located. And when she didn't return at the... Um, expected time she was supposed to, her roommate went to Wright Hall to see if everything was okay, and she learned that Susan had left the meeting around 5.30 that evening, um, and that someone had seen her walking west up a hill behind the building um, towards a trail that students often took as a shortcut. Um, So when Susan still hadn't returned to the dorm room by 3 a.m., her roommate called Carbondale Police to file a missing persons report, but they told her that she would have to wait 48 hours before they could officially consider her missing. What? Because she's over 18.
1: That's crazy. Well, yeah. okay.
0: Yeah, so um, when questioned by police, Susan's roommate reported that she didn't seem to have any mental health issues. She didn't have any boyfriends or friends in the area that she would be with. Like, she didn't have anyone that she thought, like, Susan would have wronged. yeah. Um, And she didn't have any mode of transportation. So she couldn't have just, like, gotten in her car and drove off.
1: I mean, I understand that 48-hour rule because they don't want to, like, just waste their time. And it's like, oh, her phone died. Right. You know? But, man. Like, sometimes it's like, could you have maybe saved her if you would have acted in those 48 hours? Yeah.
0: And, um, like, on the surface, if you read this, it's like her roommate... Like if you are trying to look at it from a negative perspective, like her roommate, you could have classified her as like this crazy roommate that's like, oh, my God, where's my roommate at? Where's Susan at? But because she like didn't show up at, you know, 530 when she was supposed to or six o'clock when she was supposed to. So she walked to the building and was like, hey, where's Susan? And then she called the police. But like she had known Susan for like five years at this point. Yeah she knew her they were best friends and she was like my friend told me she was going to be home at this time and it's not like her to just Mm -hmm. not show up um so yeah she didn't have a car or bike or anything that she could have gotten in no like boyfriend or like close friends in the area Mm -hmm. um so that she really doesn't know like what could have happened um so oh god oh god <laughs> okay so at 8 p.m on august 18th no yeah so this is the next day um on august 18th carbondale police searched the ho chi Minh, ho chi Minh trail that susan had last been seen walking towards the trail that all the students took but they didn't find anything Um, that same night around 1130 p.m. an officer was getting ready to head home for the night when he read the report about Susan and he decided to search the path more in depth to see um, if he could find anything because he knew he was like this is the last place she's been seen what are the chances that she's not there you know I'm gonna Mm -hmm. look a little more thoroughly Um, he just had a hunch So, he went to the Ho Chi Minh Trail. Um, So, he's walking down this trail. It's dark outside. He's by himself. He's shining his flashlight all up and down the trail when he noticed that there's a spot of weeds on the edge of the trail that had been pushed down, and it was inconsistent with the weeds around it yeah so he goes to investigate it and he finds that there's about a 10 square foot patch of weeds that have been trampled down that are flat hmm. um so he walks further like he walks into the patch he keeps going walks further into the woods because this trail is like surrounded by like forest yeah it's not just like you know out in the open mm-hmm. um so, he walks further into the woods off the trail until he comes up on a small group of trees. Um, he's shining his flashlight, looking around, and he catches sight of a partially nude female body lying under a tree. Um, so, he slowly approaches the body to check a pulse and finds that it is, without a doubt, dead. Yeah. Um, clearly. And he calls for help on his little radio thingy. Um, so, that was probably midnight around that time when he found the body at
1: dang midnight wandering around around the woods at midnight I know where there
0: is possibly a murderer um
1: yeah just like uh we were watching mindhunter whenever they were talking about the killer going back to his locations where he dumps the bodies yeah like there's a chance this guy killed somebody else and is dumping the body in the same place Mm -hmm.
0: like yeah
1: at the same time
0: um yeah. yeah. Scary. So, um, at about 12:30 in the morning on August 19th, Carbondale police, SIU campus police, and crime scene technicians show up at the scene and start processing it. Um, Susan was. Oh, and the body was Susan,
1: by the mm, way. Yeah, I figured. Um,
0: yeah, she was found lying on her stomach wearing, um, a brown pullover that she had last been seen wearing, and a pair of wedge shoes. Uh, her blue jeans with the underwear still in them, you know, like if you... Yeah. ...take off your underwear and pants all at once... Yeah. Um, ...were on the ground next to her head, and they were turned inside out.
1: Oh, okay. Like someone had pulled them yeah. off really fast.
0: Um, And her head was covered with congealed blood. Um... So at the scene, investigators collected the jeans and the underwear, cigarette butts, fingernail scrapings, and hair found on the back of the victim's hand that wasn't hers, um, which is crazy how they can, like, see a strand of hair on someone's hand Yeah. and collect it. Um, so about 10 feet away from Susan's body, investigators found what appeared to be a shallow grave that had been stopped short. It appeared as though the killer had planned on burying Susan's body, but was afraid of getting caught, so he just left.
1: So something came nearby and startled him.
0: Yeah, or he was like, I'm getting out of here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, During the autopsy, doctors found three hemorrhages on the right side of Susan's head, hemorrhages to the right side of the throat, as well as the tracheal area, and several abrasions on the body. Um, and she had also been sexually assaulted. Um, so when the autopsy was completed, the cause of death was ruled as strangulation. Hmm. Um, okay, so police start questioning people in the area and people who knew Susan to see if they could get any leads. Um, and police actually later found a duffel bag near the scene of the crime the next day. Um And it had the name, oh, I guess this got deleted, this section. Okay, well, let me try to think of it from memory. Um, So they found this duffel bag, and it had the name Daniel uh, Wollison in it. And they were like, oh, let's contact this guy and see if he knows anything. So they're like, hey, we found your duffel bag at the scene of this crime. Do you know anything about it? Not like
1: it?" it could possibly be him.
0: Yeah, and he was like, I don't know anything about this murder, and I don't know anything about this girl, um, and I don't know how my duffel bag got there. So, and he gave them an alibi or whatever. And they're like, okay. So the next day, the next day, this guy Daniel Woolison, skipped town. Oh. And then the police discovered that his alibi was a uh, fake, and that he was lying about it. Um, which obviously super suspicious, but they couldn't do anything because they had no hard evidence against him.
1: Was it a duffel bag from like the military or something? I don't know. They would have your name Th- on I it? I don't,
0: yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I don't know. Um, I have no idea. Uh, so yeah, they couldn't do anything cause they had no like actual evidence that he had anything to do with it. Um, then police learn of a man named John Paul Phillips that had recently gotten out of prison on a mandatory release, so the prison probably screwed something up with the system and he got out. Um, they, like, misspelled one letter in his name and he got out.
1: That's ridiculous. Yeah.
0: Um, I don't know if that's actually what happened. Yeah,
1: I know what you mean, just, uh-huh. I just mean, like... I yeah.
0: So he got out of prison on a mandatory release and was working in a building next to the campus radio station on the day of Susan's murder. Hmm. Um so they track Phillips down and they question him. Uh he has an alibi about going to the lake with his wife and a friend. Um and it changes around a lot and doesn't seem like super solid. Like he's like, Oh, we did this and then we did this. Oh wait, no, we did this. And so then, it's then we like Pamela's
1: stories. Yeah,
0: kind of. And they're questioning him, and he was like, Oh, we went to um, my friend's house in West Frankfurt, and we ate dinner with them after we came home from the lake, stuff like that. So, um, so West Frankfurt is a town. Mm. Down where I have
1: no idea. I just kind of guessed or assumed that. Yeah, yeah, it's
0: a small town near where I'm from. Um, so then the police. Oh. Nope. Police then notice scratches on his forearm, and they ask, oh. <laughs> yeah, they ask where those came from, and he goes, oh, <coughs> excuse me, he didn't cough, <laughs> he says, oh, I got these from playing with a dog at the lake, and then he points to his forehead and goes, and I got these from fixing a lamp at my house, I did not even question him about yeah. the ones on his forehead, yeah. he just
1: said it. made it a point,
0: yeah. yeah, so the police were like, yeah, okay, and they <laughs> leave. As they're leaving, walking out, going to the car, this guy, Phillips, runs out on his front porch, and he goes, I wasn't actually in West Frankfurt. He's like, I just said that because my dad doesn't like these guys that I hang out with in West Frankfurt, so I didn't want him to hear that I had been there. And then they start to, they're like, okay, well, then where were you? And his dad walks out onto the porch, and he immediately stops. Doesn't say anything. Because his dad was like supporting him. Yeah. The job he had in the building next to, you know, the yeah. radio station was a company his dad owned. Oh. Or ran. So, uh. like, his dad was completely supporting him out of prison. And, um, so he was like, I don't want him to find out that I was with these people. Yeah. Um, Oh, I wasn't okay. actually yeah, in West yeah. Frankfurt having dinner with my friend. I was hanging out with some other people my dad doesn't approve of.
1: He doesn't want to say I'm being a piece of shit yeah. even after I'm out of prison. Yeah, I basically.
0: Um, so the police were like, okay, and they leave. Later, they come back to question Phillips' wife. Um, she gives a similar alibi to the one Phillips gave. So eventually the police were like, look, can we just get a hair sample from you? Um, to make this easier on us. And Phillips is like, sure, what do I do? Like, I'll give you whatever you need. So they get a hair sample, compare it to the hair found at the crime scene, and it's not a match.
1: Oh. All this buildup and nothing? Yeah. Okay.
0: Um, A few months after Susan's death, a memorial committee is formed, and police offer a $2,700 reward to anyone who can give information that would lead to the arrest of Susan's killer. (coughs) something in my throat. Let me me just take a
1: drink. Is this unsolved?
0: No, it's solved. Oh,
1: okay.
0: Um, I'll get to it.
1: I know, I was just wondering.
0: So, they offer this reward a week after this committee is formed in November. So, her death is in August. November committee is formed. A week after. A woman's body is found in Elkville, Illinois. Which is pretty close to Carbondale. Um, then, right after that, a girl at Southern Illinois University, Carbondale, is abducted and raped. And guess who is arrested a day later trying to abduct another female? Philip. John Paul Phillips.
1: Oh. Yes, the guy. Hmm.
0: The uh, forehead scratch guy. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Um, So, he's convicted to 40 years in prison, and everyone's like... He for sure killed Susan Shumaki, like, it's obvious. But he died of a massive heart attack in the early 90s. Um, so they couldn't question, her, question him further. But investigators exhumed his body to do further DNA testing. Because um, I think he, they found semen, like, at the scene, or, like, you know, in Susan's body. And Phillips, like, wouldn't give a semen sample. He's like, I won't do that. I'll give you hair and spit and blood and whatever, but I'm not going to do that. Um, So they can do, like, more extensive DNA testing, and I think they take, like, bone deposit from his femur and match it somehow. Huh? I have no idea. Listen, I don't know anything about science, but they do that. Um, Sure that it's going to lead them to something, and again, it's not a match. Yeah. So, they're like, okay, obviously, John Paul Phillips didn't kill Susan Shumaki. Um, so, in 2004, 15 years ago, a <coughs> detective working um, for the Carbondale Police, um, working on the Susan Shumaki case, his name is Detective Eccles. Um, he was like, hey, we should look into that duffel bag guy, Daniel Wilson, again. Because um, that was weird. So they find and take cigarette butts from a car that he had previously owned. That this guy, Daniel... Uh, they were still in
1: there? Woolison
0: had owned, yeah. Yeah. Um, they find them, take them, compare them to the ones found at the crime scene, and they were a match. Oh. Uh. So Detective Eccles went up to Michigan where uh, Woolison was living. Well yeah, it was living and he arrested his ass for the murder of Susan Shumaki.
1: That's so crazy. Like what a dummy. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm they gonna didn't leave a, have leave a duffel bag with my name on it.
0: Yeah, and they I believe at the time like they didn't have the DNA testing technology to compare. Yeah, the cigarette
1: there was two other bodies found in that area and he was in where?
0: John it was um he was in Michigan, but they think it was John Paul Phillips that killed those oh th- and that just possibly yeah. murdered the woman and then for sure abducted and raped oh the one girl and then tried abducting and raping another girl,
1: but the first one was the other Daniel guy, Susan,
0: yeah um, so yeah, they compared the cigarette butts and they matched up, so they were able to arrest him um. So, Olesen was, he was 22 years old, younger than I am now, when he raped and murdered Susan Shumaki.
1: That's crazy.
0: Yeah, he was working at a quadrangle apartment at the time, doing maintenance labor for this apartment. Hmm. Um, it didn't explain, like, how he came across Susan. Yeah. If it was just random, if, I don't know. I didn't explain what that was there, but um, jurors deliberated for less than three hours, and in March of 2006, before convicting, um, no, in March 2006, they convict Woolison of first-degree murder. And in April of 2006, at the age of 46, 40, what what is this, 24, about 25 years after the murder? Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, Daniel Willison was given the maximum allowable sentence of 40 years. Hmm. And he's still in prison.
1: Yeah. Better be. Yep. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's another week, and it's almost midnight on a Sunday night.
0: Yeah.
1: Still got to get ready for bed. Let's okay. do,
0: um for next time, let's do murders that happen in our favorite
1: state. Uh, Okay. Okay, sounds good. All right. All right, see you next week. Bye. Okay, bye.